What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncensored Christian Podcast. My name is Dante Williams, and I'm going to hop straight into the Word. We ain't wasting no time. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some believers in the church. He had the Apostle James killed with a sword. When Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. Then he imprisoned him, placing him under the guard of four squads of four soldiers. Herod intended to bring Peter out for public trial after the Passover. But while Peter was in prison, the church prayed very earnestly for him. The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, bound with two chains between two soldiers. The idea that I want to preach about today is being stuck in the middle. Another saying for this is being stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like being stuck between two options that are both bad or having two different paths that you can take and both paths is a lose-lose situation. And I know in our life, we've all had a moment where we felt stuck in the middle. And for me personally, I've had many moments. One of them is I was in third grade and we were sitting in class. It was right after lunchtime. And I remember sitting there. My teacher was teaching division. And all of a sudden, it was like everything I had eaten that day decided that it wanted to have a fight inside my stomach. And my stomach was grumbling like, oh, I was hurting so bad. I never had to go boo-boo in my life so bad. So I told my teacher, I said, teacher, can I please go to the bathroom? And he said, no, we just had our bathroom break. You should have gone then. You can go after this lesson. Now, what he didn't understand is I had to go. Like I had to go. And I don't know what came upon me because all I had for lunch was a peanut butter jelly sandwich with some sour cream and onion Pringles and a Capri Sun. Like I was eating the A plus student champion meal of the day. I was set, but my stomach was hurting. So after he told me no the first time, I was like, okay, I can probably hold it. But then all of a sudden my stomach started hurting even worse. And it was like my stomach got the Holy Spirit because it was speaking in tongues. It was like my stomach was killing me. I was hunched over, holding my stomach like it was actually going to change what was going on. And so I asked him again. I said, can I please go to the bathroom? I have to go. And the answer was the same. He said, no. So now I found myself stuck in the middle, stuck between two different options. Option number one was obeying my teacher and going boo-boo in front of all my classmates. Why black people call they poop boo-boo? I don't know, but that's what we do. And so I had the option of obeying my teacher and going boo-boo in front of all the other kids and embarrassing myself, or I had the option to disobey my teacher and go to the bathroom and not crap my pants in front of a bunch of little kids. So like any responsible third grader would do, I disobeyed my teacher and I went to go boo-boo. So I was I was walking down the stairs because you can't run. Y'all know, if you have a dookie ready to leave your booty, there ain't no running going on. Because the more that your legs oscillate around your butt, the faster the poop gonna come out. I know this sounds crazy, but it's real. And I promise you, <laughs> there's a method to my madness here. So I was waddling down the stairs and it was like the New York... Uh, New Year's Eve ball drop in New York. It was like every step I took down the stairs was 10, <laughs> one more step, nine, eight. And I just kept going. I was holding my butt like it was going to stop the poop from coming out. Three, two. And I, was, I saw the bathroom in my sight, but then the ball dropped. 
and I doodled in my pants. I doodled in my pants in the middle of the hallway. I didn't even make it to the porcelain throne, man. I was so embarrassed and I tried to go to the bathroom and wipe it and I couldn't. And moral of the story is, is in that moment, I found myself stuck in the middle. I had two different options and both of which ended up being bad. And and in our world today, we find ourselves stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle of politics, stuck in the middle of, of racial tension, stuck in the middle of opinions and, and all of these things that people believe is so important to argue about. We find ourselves stuck in the middle, even in our personal lives, parents with kids, you understand this. If you have teenagers, you understand that as a parent, there ain't nothing that you can do in in your kid's life that's going to end up painting you in a good light. Like you under, there ain't nothing that you can do. You can say hi to them or you could ignore them. And either way, they're going to thank you evil. You can give them what they want or you can say no. And somehow you're going to end up evil. <laughs> you stuck between a rock and a hard place. And so this is where we find Peter in Acts chapter 12. This man, Peter, is stuck in a situation. Like, let me paint this for you. He's in a prison cell right after his friend, his brother, his, 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 his guy that he served with for years with Jesus. All of a sudden, his friend just got killed and he's in prison awaiting to be the next person that gets put on that chopping block. But not only is he in prison, he don't have the opportunity to properly grieve the loss of his friend. And he's out in, in some place in a jail with a king that wants to see him die. And to make matters worse, this man is chained up between two soldiers with even more soldiers watching him, guarding him. He's in a bad situation. And he was in a situation where no matter what he decided to do, no matter which way he decided to run, he was, he was blocked off. He was out of options. And I just got to ask, are you in a place in your life where you feel like you've ran out of options? Are you, are you in a place in your life where you've prayed all that you can pray, where you served all that you can serve, where you've done all that you can do, and you're not making it out of the middle? You're stuck in a situation and you are running out of options. Are you, are you stuck in the middle in your marriage? where you've gone to all the counselors you can go to, where you've read all the books you could read, where you tried all the different ways to rekindle the love that you once had, but it feels like you've ran out of options. Do you, do you feel like you're stuck in the middle with your kids, where you've taken them to all the therapists you could, where you've gotten them on all the medication known to man, but they still struggle with pain and suffering that are emotional, that you can't take away? Do you feel like you've run out of options? Because if you have, I need you to know that God wants to meet you in the middle. Come on, somebody. God wants to meet you 
in the middle. You may be in a situation right now that God wants to meet you in. You may be in a situation where God is going to pull you out of and you will look back on thinking, there's no way I should have made it out. There's no way I should be standing here today, but God is ready to do something in this situation. I'm talking about generational cycles. I'm talking about you can be the first woman throughout your family line that isn't a single mom. I'm talking about you can be the first man that decided that decided to stay with the woman that you got pregnant and had a kid with. I'm talking about you gonna be the first one in your family to break the chains of addiction. You gonna be the first one to break the chains of disease. You gonna be the first one to graduate when no one else in your family could graduate. You gonna be in a situation where God's gonna pull you out of it and you're gonna look back going, man, there ain't no way I should be standing right now but for peter i mean you can imagine this man felt like he was at the end of his rope you could imagine that that as he laid his head down to sleep that he thought this was the final day that he thought this is the finale to the show of my life but god does not finish where you think your finale is. You may be in a moment in your life where it feels like it's just hit a pause, where it feels like it's the end of something that was once good, where you thought, well, you know, it can't all be good forever, but God's promises does not stop where you hit pause. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two says this, Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. I love that. It doesn't say Jesus, the one that just stops writing the story when we decide it's done. It doesn't say Jesus, the one that cuts the camera off when we yell cut. It says Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That means you might be in a place right now in your life where you decided that you're finished. You may be in a place right now where you decide that you don't even need to be on this earth no more. But Jesus is saying, I am the author of your life and I did not script your life to end like this. I am the one that's going to finish your faith. I am the one that's going to bring you out of this situation. I am the one that when it seems like you've got to the end of your rope, you see that there's more left to hold on to. I am the finisher of your faith. Too many of us are stopping on chapter one. Too many of us have gone through this book of life and we've reached the end of chapter one and we feel like it's the end. So we decided to put the book down and we decided to quit reading and we decided that whatever God may have had planned for us in the next chapter that we don't want to finish anymore. And so we stop at chapter one when all God is trying to say, hey, I need you to trust me enough to flip that page. I need you to trust me enough to get to chapter two because Peter was sitting in that cell. I guarantee you Peter was sitting there thinking, man, this is probably the end of my chapter. This is probably the end of my rope. And what happens is, is, is we get the idea that when we determine the end, that it's the end. But what man determines as the end, God determines as the beginning. How do I know this? Look at Jesus on the cross. Jesus was hanging on that cross. After being tortured, brutally tortured, and he was hung on the cross. And the people mocked him. They mocked him and they made fun of him. And they thought it was the end of Jesus. They thought it was the end of the man who who was ruining all of their plans. They thought it was the end when he took his last breath. 
They thought it was the end when he said, it is finished. They thought it was the end when they saw him die. They thought it was the end when that stone was rolled over the tomb. But guess what? You cannot end the word became flesh. You cannot end the great I am. You cannot end the living God. Let me ask you a question. How are you going to end the very God that said, I am the beginning and the end? You're not going to end the only begotten son. And this should make somebody happy because you feel like you're at the end of your rope. You feel like you're stuck in the middle and there are no more options and that you're chained between a rock and the hard place. But we serve a Jesus that when man thought it was the end, Jesus said it's just the beginning. And he broke the chains of sin and death. He broke the chains of your pain in that very same Jesus is the one that lives inside of us. Oh, I love this so much because because you have that power of God living inside of you, the enemy will do everything he can to tear you down. I mean, look at Peter. The enemy didn't just throw him in a cell. I mean, he could have. The enemy killed his friend, chained him up, put four squads of four soldiers on him and then was planning to kill him. The enemy was doing all he could do to take Peter out. And I know why. Because he was afraid. Because he knew deep down, whether he would, whether he would confess it or not, he knew that the power of Jesus that was living in Peter was something that was going to overthrow his kingdom because Peter was speaking the word of Jesus that was going to bring a better kingdom to this earth. And so he attacked what he was afraid of. This is what happened to me when me and my friends were playing hide and seek. Because all night we was watching this, this scary videos about this dude named Slenderman. And I don't know if you've ever seen Slenderman, but you should Google him. Slenderman. It's this tall figure. It's fake. But it's this tall figure. And he probably at least like, 20 feet tall like this dude huge and he's skinny and he wears this suit and he has a full-on white head no facial feature no nothing just white there's like a white sheet pulled over his head this dude creepy creepy so we playing hide and seek in the dark and it was my turn to go find him and my friend's door was shut and i thought he probably in there so i opened the door it's pitch black and after watching all these scary videos all i see is this tall figure with a white face come out the dark and boy I jumped up and I punched it in the face so hard and it ended up being my friend trying to scare me but but I hit him I attacked him why because you attack what you're afraid of and right now you are under attack because the enemy is afraid of you right now you're stuck in the middle because that's where the enemy wants you because he's afraid of you because he knows that if you break the chains that are holding you in the middle of the situation that you're in that you're going to do some things in this world that the enemy does not want to see jesus said in john 15 he said if the world hates you remember that it hated me first the world's gonna hate you the enemy is going to attack you because when you give your life to Christ, you are now, you are now the, the, the righteousness of God. So the enemy is afraid of you. And what he wants to do is he wants to get you stuck in the middle. He wants you to be chained between different options that neither of them are good for you. He wants you to feel like you're stuck in the middle because there's something in the middle that happens. When you're in the middle, 
that's where everyone disagrees. When you're in the middle, that's where everything that you say or do offends somebody. In the middle, there's cancel culture. In the middle, there's tension. In the middle, there's arguing. In the middle, there's death and hatred and pain. And the enemy wants to keep you in the middle. And Jesus knows something about being stuck in the middle. You say, what? Jesus? The living God, the word became flesh, beginning in the end. He he was stuck in the middle? Yeah, 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 he was. Check, check this out, check this out. When Jesus hung on the cross, right before they were about to kill him, he was stuck in the middle of two other criminals. The Bible says there was a criminal on his left and there was a criminal on his right. Now, this is what's so interesting about when Jesus was stuck in the middle because one of the criminals decided to mock him and ridicule him. And say, if you really Jesus, why don't you save us and save yourself while you at it? But then the other one respected him and said, hey, Jesus, I know you don't deserve to be up here like I am. Remember me in heaven. And it created a great picture of what happens in the middle. Because in the middle, you will have mixed messages. If you allow yourself to be stuck in the middle, you will have mixed messages from both sides. You'll have one side telling you that the way that you're living is great and to keep doing it. You'll have the other side telling you that you need to repent of the way that you live. You'll have one side telling you that the way you believe is good and the other side telling you that you are wrong for what you believe. You'll have one side telling you that you need to speak this, say this, and act this way and the other side telling you that it's wrong. When you are stuck in the middle, you will have mixed messages. What else happens in the middle? In the middle, you misunderstand your meaning. Because when you are in the middle, the only way to truly survive and have any type of sense of meaning is to try and get approval from one side or the other. Because when you're in the middle, you'll look to one group or you'll look to the other. And one thing that you do, one group will approve of and the other will disapprove of. And so your meaning, your self-worth, what what other people view you as is dependent on what group you get your approval from. You misunderstand your meaning because when your meaning is found in what the people surrounding you on both sides say, then you'll always be sad. You'll always be searching for more. But when your meaning is found on what God calls you, and what God says you are, then you'll never have to worry about if you're fully fulfilled. And I look at it like this. You have two different planes that you can operate on. You have the horizontal plane, and the horizontal plane is when you're stuck in the middle, when you have one side pulling you and the other side pulling you, and and you have these mixed messages and misunderstanding of meaning. That's the horizontal. And and in the horizontal, you try so hard to make the horizontal happy because if the horizontal isn't happy, you're going to be crushed. But I look towards the vertical. I look towards the victory in the vertical because in the vertical, all you're looking towards is God. The only person you're trying to make happy is God. The only person you're worried about your messages coming from is God. And in the vertical, you find victory. In the vertical, you find vindication. When your worth is found in the vertical, you won't worry about the horizontal. When your worth is found in God, you won't worry about what one group says about you. 
or about what the other group says. You won't worry about, about what one of your sisters say or what the other of your sisters say. When your worth is found in God, it don't matter what the world say. It don't matter. And I see so many of us getting stuck in the middle and it's almost like we willingly choose to do this because we feel like we have something to prove. We feel like our opinions are, are something that needs, that needs to be promulgated throughout the community. And, and, and I'm seeing this so prevalent in things like Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter. And all I see is that it's tearing us apart because we're operating on this horizontal plane where we're stuck in the middle of trying to get our opinions out of different groups and you say one thing about any of this and it's going to make one group happy it's going to make the other angry it's going to make one group love you and one group hate you and when you're stuck in the middle you're not doing anything but but dividing it's impossible to unify when you're stuck in the middle because when you're stuck in the middle you're searching for approval from others and you're getting mixed messages from both sides of the aisle it happens in politics it happens in everything so my opinion on something like the whole black lives matter or all lives matter or blue lives matter is that i don't care what any of those say because my opinion is not going to be found being stuck in the middle what i'm going to do is look to god for my answer and i'm going to respond with this what God says is that we're all created in the image of God. Leave it at that. Leave it at that. I know I just got up on my soapbox, but leave it at that. It's, God says that we are the body of Christ. It's in the Bible. We're the body of Christ, yet we're tearing each other apart. We're all created equal, yet all we see is, is the differences in each other. So when it comes to things political, or, or all the tension going on in our world. My response is, what's God say? What's God say? And then keep it at that. Not, well, God said all created, all people are created equal, but no, no, no. Ain't no but. What did he say? All created, all people are created equal? Cool. Leave it at that. Because what the world wants you to do is choose a side. The world wants you to add but to everything that goes on. I know God said that that uh, all men are created equal, but I know God said that we're all created in, in his image, but the world wants you to choose sides when all that the, the entire story and, and the entire purpose of Jesus dying on the cross is that we would all be unified in the body of Christ. That's what first Corinthians chapter 12 says in verse 13, it says, for in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. And what happens is when you get stuck in the middle of what you're doing, when you get stuck in the middle of trying to prove yourself right, when you get stuck in the middle of trying to balance what one group believes and what the other group believes, you forget what's already been done. You get so focused on pleasing everyone on this horizontal plane that you forget what Jesus already did for you on the cross. So we got to make it out of the middle. We got to make it out of the middle. And Peter made it out of the middle. Peter made it out of being stuck in the middle of a very bad situation. Check out verse 7 in Acts chapter 12. Suddenly, there was a bright light in the cell, and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up. 
and the chains fell off his wrist. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel ordered. So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realize it was actually happening. You know that God can be saving you, blessing you, pulling you out of the mud, and you won't even realize it. You know that you can be so focused on the chains. You can be so focused on what's holding you back. You can be so focused on being stuck in the middle that you don't even see the change. We can be so focused on what's holding us back instead of who's healing us. On who's stopping you instead of who's saving you. On how you're locked up instead of how you've been set free. You can be in a situation where you see no way out, but you have a savior that makes a way. You may feel like you're destined for the grave in this situation. You may feel like you're destined for failure, but Jesus went to the grave. Jesus took all of our failures and all of our sins, and he died on the cross, and he was able to roll the stone out the way of the tomb. You have a savior that is a chain breaker. And he wants to break yours. Because even though Jesus was stuck in the middle, stuck in the middle of a culture that hated him, stuck in the middle of people that mocked him, and stuck in the middle of a crowd that crucified him, even though he was stuck in the middle, he still broke the chains of sin and death for you. And this is what I love, that even though Jesus was stuck in the middle of everything the world was trying to do to him, what was the last thing he did? Look at Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, He breathed his last through the middle, in the middle of, in the middle of the hatred, in the middle of the tension, in the middle of people wanting to get at him, in the middle of people trying to prove him wrong. In the middle, Jesus's focus was on the vertical. Even up to his last breath, he cried out to God. If we want chain-breaking freedom, if we want to move past being stuck in the middle, we need to turn to the one that already made it out. We need to turn to the Savior that already broke the chains that are holding us in the middle. And that Savior is Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much. Father God, I thank you for coming to this earth to willingly be stuck in the middle. I thank you that even though you were stuck in the middle of people that hated you, even though you were stuck in the middle of people that wanted you dead, even though you were stuck in the middle of people that disagreed and wanted to prove you wrong and wanted to prove themselves right, even though you were stuck in the middle, you paid the ultimate price and broke the chains. So we could be set free. Father God, we thank you for this. And Lord, if there's anyone listening right now that wants that chain 
breaking freedom. If there's anyone listening right now that is stuck in the middle of a situation, Lord, I pray that you just reach their hearts today. Father God, I pray that you just do a work in our life, that you help see us through the middle so we can experience the chain-breaking freedom that you paid the price for. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, I thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you see that you can make it out of the middle because we have a savior that already did that for us. If you would, I would love if you left a rating on the podcast, wherever you're listening, if you left a rating, left a review, liked it, it really helps the podcast grow. And then share this with your friends if you would like as well. I appreciate your time and I hope y'all have a blessed day. Peace out.